It's just amazing to be in God's house today, amen? amen. Come on, it's amazing to be here today, man. Man, it's phenomenal. I walked down and seen some of the meal packers earlier, and it's just, it just really brings so much joy to my heart. And it just really sets, thing, sets the tone for today and today's message because we have refrigerators and cabinets full of food, but there are kids in Eswatini who, and families who don't have anything that a rice meal that we pack here at CLC may be their only meal for an entire day or maybe an entire week. So what you do truly does make a difference. And I'll just encourage you, if you do have room in your heart and, and in your budget to sponsor a child, to sponsor a child, you can really set their life up for so much success. As Pastor Stan said, I get to lead our high school student ministry and uh, God's doing some amazing things in high school. It's really awesome. We've been talking about mental health over the last few weeks as well. And it's been really cool to see what God's doing in the hearts and the lives of our students. And tonight, I would just encourage all of our high school students, and even if you've never been to a service, to come out to a high school service. Our services start at 6.30. Tonight's a special night. It's what we call Reach Night. Um, we're giving away free t-shirts and we've got Magoo's Chicken and we've got four or five baptisms happening in our high school service tonight. Students that are dedicating, yeah, their life to following Jesus forever. It is amazing what God's doing in our ministry. I would love for you to be a part of that. Today, Pastor Stan told you I'm speaking on gratitude. Say gratitude. And like, I like to get fiery sometimes, but today's gonna be a teaching. It's gonna be a teaching that you can apply, that you can, I so I encourage you to take notes, to write down some of the, the facts I share with you about gratitude, because it can really change your life into a, in a positive way. Because there's something that I know about all of you. There's something I know about everyone in this world. It's something very personal. It's something you know about me as well. No matter your age, gender, race, social status, background, upbringing, there is one thing that all of us in this room have in common. And that one thing is that we all want to be happy. Every single one of you in this room want happiness. Everyone desires happiness. And I believe that is why this series on a sound mind has been, so, has been so moving and so great because you want happiness in your life. And for some of you and for some of us, maybe you're struggling to find that joy and happiness in life. Maybe you're searching all of these other ways to find joy and happiness, but that answer is found in Jesus Christ. That answer is found in who God is and what God has given us. And I encourage you all to find the gratitude to be grateful for things in the, in the little and even in the mundane because it can do so and add so many benefits to your life. A Forbes magazine article titled The Seven Proven Benefits of Gratitude That Will Motivate You says this. It says that one is that gratitude opens the door to more relationships. So if you're single, be grateful, all right? It also says two, gratitude improves physical health. Three, gratitude improves psychological, um, your, your psychological health. Four, it's proven that gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Five, uh, grateful people actually sleep better. Six, grateful people um, have a higher self-esteem than non-grateful people. And lastly, seven, it's proven that gratitude will increase your mental strength. One of the newest studies that hit the psychological and mental airways came out in September of 2022. And it was, it's called the study of the neuroscience of gratitude and the effects on the brain. And it reveals that gratitude can bring happiness, 
resilience, and joy. But it also shows that gratitude can actually reduce pain, anxiety, depression, and stress. I'll talk about that later on, but I also wanna share with you what God's word says, because God's word was released way before Forbes magazine was even a thing. Thousands of years ago, uh, God told us to be grateful. The psalmist uh, simply says, it's good to give thanks. One psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord with all of your heart. And another psalm simply says, just to give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul, uh, the writer of uh, the New Testament, like two thirds of the New Testament says this. He says, be thankful in all, say all, all, all circumstances for this is God's will for your life. Even Jesus showed gratitude before he fed the 5,000. Jesus even showed gratitude before he raised Lazarus back from the grave. And Jesus, just hours before he was crucified on a cross with his disciples in the upper room, stopped to give thanks. You know, it's, you know that, the, that thanks and gratitude is expressed in the Bible over a hundred times. And if the Bible has so much to say about gratitude and if psychologists and tangible research has so much to show about the positive benefits and effects that gratitude can have on the body and the brain, then I think today we need to have an open mind to receive the truths that God has given us in the gift of gratitude. So what is gratitude? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I don't even know what gratitude is. Is it just saying thank you? Well, gratitude is this. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and return kindness. Truth is, is I love gratitude. I love being grateful. I, I tend to look at the glass as half full uh, rather than half empty. Um, sometimes that gets me in trouble because I'm optimistic about everything, um, like, like everything. My wife can say, hey, the house, um, you, uh, like she'll ask me to clean something, I'll clean it. And I think it looks perfect, guys. Like I'm talking like it looks immaculate, like absolutely perfect. And she walks in and she's like, um, you missed this, this, and this. And I'm like, so my optimism can get me in trouble sometimes. I think most of my, my, my guys know that, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it can get us in trouble sometimes. Um, matter of fact, I want you to know today that I'm not just preaching to you or teaching to you. I'm also teaching and preaching to myself today. Um, because there are, there's some crazy things that have happened in our life over the last week and a half. A lot, many of you closest to me know what's going on in our life. We've even had some real health scares with some family members and it's been really, this week, and it's been really difficult to just kind of manage that and to walk through that. Some, some people that are very close to me that I highly revere and respect uh, are just going through some, some illnesses and they really need a miracle from God. And today, as I stand here on the stage, I'm not just preaching to you today. I'm also preaching to myself. And today I choose gratitude. And maybe you're here in this room today and you're going through something difficult in your heart. Maybe you're going through something difficult in your life or your family. I encourage you to find the blessings of God in it all. You see, gratefulness, it's a choice that when you and I put into practice daily, it can lead to that emotion that we call gratitude. Say gratitude. 
You see, gratitude, it's a positive emotion, but it's also a character trait that we can develop and grow. Gratitude is so much more than saying thank you. Gratitude can actually change your perspective of the world. Gratitude is the ability to see life as a gift. You see, thanking others, thanking ourselves, but most importantly, thanking God can enlighten your mind and open up your heart to so many benefits. It can actually make you feel happier because gratitude can actually lead to happiness. The benefits of gratitude are endless. And today I'm gonna share with you some of those benefits of gratitude that can lead you to a happier life. Um, I'm gonna show you guys a slide on the screen that talks about the benefits of gratitude. This is called the gratitude triangle. And in the gratitude triangle, there are psychological benefits that lead to a happier you. Who wants to be happier in life? Come on, that's all of us. We all wanna be happier. And the psychological benefits of gratitude, choosing to be grateful and find the blessings in life can actually make you happier. It can also benefit your physical needs, a fitter you. Like, I just wanna be fit, right? I want just want to walk around looking like Patrick, okay? But that doesn't happen. But uh, the physical benefits, you have a stronger immune system. You're able to fight off and have better tolerances against diseases. You have a better sleep-wake cycles, uh, blood pressure. All these amazing benefits come from gratitude. And on the flip side of it, when it comes to physical, like the stress that you put on your body from being anxious and, you know, dealing with other things and emotions, that stress actually causes you to heal a whole lot slower. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But there's also, also, <laughs> there's also social benefits, which leads to a better you. And you see those there. Uh, mainly people just want to hang out with people that are happy and grateful. No one wants to hang out with someone who's negative all of the time. So a fitter you, a happier you, and a better you. Can somebody say amen? Man, this is the benefits of gratitude. Uh, Zig Ziglar says that gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. For the next few, few minutes, I wanna talk about gratitude and the brain or gratitude and the mind. Recent studies have shown us that there are amazing God-given connections between gratitude and your mind, gratitude and your brain. Studies have shown us that people who express and feel gratitude have a higher volume of gray matter in the inferior, in the right inferior temporal gyrus and it's also showed us that people who are grateful uh, have an inv uh, uh, that are grateful also it triggers that gray matter in the right in anterior temporal cortex. And you're like, Pastor Chris, that makes no sense to me. It's okay. I'm from Arkansas, so I'm gonna break this down for you guys today, okay? Basically, that right side of the brain is the part of the brain that is that is responsible for us to make conscious, clear decisions and choices in all circumstances, whether that's good or whether that's bad. When you're feeling anxious or you're, you're just in a depressed state of mind, you can't trigger that right side of the brain. It's hard to do that. And oftentimes we don't know what decisions to make or oftentimes we'll make poor decisions. But if, if you're grateful in life and find things to be grateful for, you'll actually make moral, uh, good moral judgments and good decisions and choices. It's amazing to see what what God does. Another image that's going to come up here shows uh, some just some side effects of gratitude in the brain. Oh, it's behind me today. That's great. Um, gratitude wires and fires neural, new neural connections to the bliss century. Notice it says new. 
That's crazy. Gratitude also fosters cognitive reconstructing by invoking positive thinking. You thinking positively can add so many benefits to your life. It also shows that gratitude, this is amazing. This is a God-given gift too, that it reduces fear and anxiety by regulating the stress hormone, which is cortisol. And gratitude also enhances dopamine and serotonin, which is the neurotransmitters that is responsible for happiness. Isn't that crazy? If you really want to be happy in life, find something to be grateful for. Today, I want to break that down for you just so we can all understand it. But the effects of gratitude when practiced daily can produce a lifelong lasting feeling of happiness and contentment. You see, when we express gratitude and when we give gratitude and receive the same, so when we're grateful to someone or really genuinely kind to someone telling them why we appreciate them, uh, they receive that gratitude and it actually releases dopamine and serotonin from the brain into our bodies, the two crucial neurotransmitters that are responsible for our emotions. You're like, what's dopamine? What's serotonin? They're responsible for the feel-good emotions that we feel. Truth is, is you can actually get addicted to gratitude because your body senses that dopamine and that serotonin because we want to feel that, that, that gratitude. And it can be, uh, it's, it's amazing how it works. It can be a lifelong thing as well. On the flip side of it, um, in a bad way, your body, in some ways, it, it wants that dopamine and serotonin as well. Uh, sometimes people get addicted to certain drugs or certain things in life because that dopamine and serotonin gets released in an unhealthy and negative way. But if you're grateful for life, for things in your life, that dopamine and serotonin gets released into your body. It makes you feel good in a happy and in a positive way. By consciously practicing every day, you can actually help these neural pathways in your brain get strengthened um, in a positive in a positive nature. Think of it this way. Think of it like a muscle that you work. If I was to work out every single day, I would get stronger in my arms, which I don't work out, okay. Um, I would get stronger and they would get, those muscles on my arms would get bigger, which they're small right now. Um, another way to think of it is, um, think, of, think of it this way. So let's say you and I are, um, we are, you know, about to go on a trip. We're about to walk somewhere, okay? Nobody likes to walk. We've seen that amazing video of this kid who walked over three miles to his home. And uh, it's just phenomenal to see that. But anyways, let's say we're going on, going on a walk, but the grass is taller than our head. That's crazy. All right, so let's say we're gonna walk and the grass is taller, taller than our heads everywhere we look. And we have to walk half a mile through this really tall grass to get to the other side. And we have nowhere to go, but we just have to go through the really tall grass. So let's say we get to the other side of this really tall like moment or this marsh or this grass, we get to the other side. And then I say, hey, I forgot something back on the other side. We gotta go back through it. Well, we're not gonna make a new path. We're gonna walk on the same one that we just walked through because we probably knocked down some of that really tall grass. And let's say I traveled that pathway every single day, um, every single week. Uh, what would eventually happen is that really tall grass, that one pathway that I walked, that grass would get beaten down and uh, that path would actually get strengthened. That path would actually get wider and I would actually begin to now have a path on this one spot that I can walk on. The, true, the, the same is true with 
gratitude. When you practice gratitude, that neural pathway in your brain gets triggered and fired and your brain wants to, uh, wants to travel that neural pathway and it becomes easier for it to be traveled on. And therefore you want to actually be grateful because you want to travel. And the flip side of it is if you deal with anxiety or another emotion all of the time, what's happening there is your brain is used to traveling that neural pathway, but you can actually refocus and re-trigger your brain to go in a positive direction, in a good direction that also leads to you making good, healthy, sound mind decisions. That's amazing, isn't it? God is just a good God. He's a phenomenal God. You know, as I talk about gratitude and the brain, I'm reminded of, you know, when I was in college, I went to a secular college before, uh, you know, when I graduated, then I got my Bible degree um, at a Bible college online. But when I was at a secular college, I went through a class called biology, um, which, which was, is, was amazing for me that I went to biology at a secular college, because every time I went home, I would just tell my mom and my dad how amazing God was that how he constructed us, put us together, put the world together. I, I learned so much about God in biology and they didn't even mention the word God, but I knew what his word says. It stood on the promises of his word and science backed up my faith in so many ways. Today, I also wanna share with you five ways that gratitude affects the brain. I've already mentioned one of those. Gratitude releases positive emotions. That's amazing. Gratitude also reduces pain. That's wild that gratitude can reduce your pain. If you find something to be grateful in a physically painful situation, it actually reduces that pain. Cardiologists um, and doctors have done research on patients who received open heart surgery. And they said that patients who received open heart surgery actually healed 10 times, grateful patients who received open heart surgery actually healed 10 times faster than ungrateful patients. Amen. It's the truth because what happens is when you're ungrateful, it puts stress on your heart, puts stress on your body, and it causes you to heal slower. But when you're grateful for things, even in a very tough situation, your body can actually heal faster and it reduces the pain. Three, gratitude improves sleep quality. Maybe you deal with sleep apnea or maybe you're uh, insomnia or maybe you just struggle with sleeping sometimes. People who take 10 minutes before they go to bed and find things to be grateful for for 10 minutes actually wake up more enlightened and more energized and ready to take on the day than ungrateful people. Also, gratitude aids in stress regulation, which is that cortisol I was talking about. Gratitude is actually a natural detox to negative stress. Uh, researchers also recently did a stress tolerance test on tens of thousands of people. And they did this stress tolerance test on all kinds of people from different backgrounds and dis different social status and ages and upbringings. And uh, they did this stress tolerance test to see what type of people had the highest level of stress tolerance. And they found that believer, Christian believers, this is amazing, Christian believers, both men and women who thanked God every day in their life had the highest stress tolerance level of any people group in the United States of America. Is that not phenomenal? How God works all things out. And also uh, gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. This was probably one of my favorite findings on this study, but that neuroscience of gratitude and the effects on the brain study that I did had a quote that said this, depression has a psychological and neurochemical base, both of which can be addressed and displaced by gratitude. Check this out. Rather than finding a solution to a problem, 
Um, if we find something to be grateful for in the middle of a problem or a tough situation, that gratitude releases that dopamine, serotonin, and also oxytocin, those neurotransmitters, which are responsible to make us feel good. And with these chemicals in the brain, what we can do is we can actually revive the, the motivation that depression can suck away and our brains can respond to tough situations and tough moments in a, in a healthy, correct way that we can actually overcome the problem. Problem. Because sometimes, you guys got to know this, and I've learned this over the last few years of my life, and I'm still practicing it, but finding a solution to a problem doesn't fix the emotion in your brain. It doesn't. Finding a solution to a problem doesn't always fix the emotion of what's going on in a moment, but actually finding a reason to be grateful in the middle of a problem fixes the emotion that you feel, which then allows you to make a correct moral judgment and a correct decision for any problem or circumstance you face. Isn't that phenomenal? Also learned that not only with depression, but anxiety as well. Anybody in this room ever struggle with anxiety or worry? A show of hands, just be honest today, that's okay. Statistics tell us that over 60% of people in the world struggle with worry and anxiety at least once a day. That's crazy. It's crazy to think of that we struggle with these negative emotions on a regular basis. And I'll just let you know, that's okay. Like we're all human, that's okay. But God didn't design us to struggle with those all the time. He gave us a way out of that. And um, researchers at Penn State did a study on, they did a study on people who were worried and struggling and having anxiety. And what they did with these thousands of people from different ages and backgrounds is they had everyone write down the things that they were worried about and the things that they were anxious about. And what they did is 30 days later, they retested all of those people and asked them the same questions of the things that they were worried about and stressed about and anxious about 30 days prior. And of the, all the things that were written down, 91% of the things that people actually worried about and were anxious about actually happened, or 91% of it didn't happen. 9% of the things that you and I worry about and get stressed about don't ever ha are, are actually happen. Only 9% of it. That's amazing to think of that 91% of the things we worry about never happen. But that less than 10% that does happen can still 100% of the joy in our life that God wants us to have because we're always worried about things. And for our parents here in the room today, uh, the, actually the generation that struggles with anxiety and um, worry the most is Gen Z. 91% of our high school and middle school students that are here today or that walk on this world in the United States struggle with anxiety and worry once a day. And you as a parent, you can help them out by not just telling them to feel a certain way or by finding a solution to their problem or giving them the easiest life, but actually showing them and sharing them how that they can be grateful in all circumstances and seasons in life. Then my favorite thing that I found when it came to gratitude and anxiety was this, is I found out in September, 2022, all these you know, findings came out, these studies came out. And one of the studies came out, showed that anxiety and gratitude cannot coexist in the brain at the same time. It is neurologically impossible for anxiety and gratitude to exist at the same time because the same neurotransmitter that fires the emotion of anxiety is the same exact neurotransmitter that fires the emotion of gratitude. And that neurotransmitter can't fire two different emotions at the same time. So when you're put in a tough situation and in a hard situation, a rough situation that would normally make you anxious, if you find something to be grateful for, you actually won't ever feel that emotion of anxiety because you're focusing on the positive and not the negative 
Isn't that amazing how God works? God is just a phenomenal God that he works all of those things out. This popular study also went on to show that we can actually train our brain to hone in on the good, which is gratitude. And the longer we practice gratitude, the weaker uh, anxiety, fear, and worry becomes in our life. A real God moment happened for me earlier in the month when I read the book of Philippians and I got to Philippians 4. A real Holy Spirit moment happened to me uh, when we see what happens with gratitude in the Bible. Philippians 4, 4 says this. It's going to be here on the screen. and I'm going to read it with you today. It says, always be full of joy. Say joy. joy. It's say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. I love it. He says, Paul goes on to say, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. He says, remember the Lord is coming soon. I love that. He says, remember the Lord is coming soon. Do you love that? Because listen, right now our world seems crazy. Like it seems crazy. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't like the new legislation that's being passed. I don't like the president. I don't like this, that, and this and the other. And like our teenagers are living this way and adults are living this way and all of the crazy things that are going on in our world, the left and right and all these things I could speak about. But Paul says, remember this. The Lord is coming soon. Basically, he says, focus your eyes on things that are above. And listen, all these crazy things that are going on in our world, check this out. Did not God off his throne? God is still in control today. He is still seated and lifted high and he sees and knows the end from the beginning. So don't spend our time being anxious or worried. And that's why Paul says in verse six, he says, don't be anxious, say anxious. And depending on the translation you're reading, it says, worry, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, say everything. everything. By prayer, tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Paul didn't have, like, he didn't have medical science and neurologists that could test brains and see that anxiety and gratitude can't exist in the brain at the same time. But Paul says, don't be anxious, but in everything, be thankful and grateful to God. That's amazing to see how science and the Bible work together. And then Paul goes on to say, he says, he goes on to say in verse seven, then you will experience God's peace. Say peace. peace. I want peace, you want peace. He says, which exceeds anything we can understand. I love that we serve a God who gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Like in life's toughest moments, God can give us a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And then he goes on to say, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse eight, he says, and now, say now, now. dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, say one thing. Okay. Fix your thoughts on what is true. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor Chris, I can't even think of what is true. I can't even think of what is good because I have so many negative thoughts in my brain. And maybe you're here today and your mind is full of negative toxic thoughts. Well, number one step that you need to do is call out the devil, man. Call out the lies of the enemy that he's planted in your mind. See, we know we serve a God who comes to give us life and life more abundantly. And on the flip side of it, we know there's an enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to, to, to do that in your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your body. He wants to do that. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking of all negative things. Listen, if it's not life-giving, it's not from God. So call that thing out and then 
focus on the promises of the word of God and repeat those things over and over again. So Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. He says, think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Basically, Paul's saying, focus on what you're grateful for. Focus on things above. Verse nine, he says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. He says, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then the, I love this, then the God of peace will be with you. And you'll have, listen, he says, it'll be with you. Listen, you've got to practice gratitude, prayer, thankfulness, all of these things. He says, the God of peace will be with you. You know, when I think of that God of peace, I'm reminded of a story in the Bible where the disciples and Jesus were in a boat and they were actually in a boat in the middle of a storm that began to happen. And this storm got so massive, the swells got so big and so great that expert fishermen, the disciples were fearing for their life. They were so fearful, so worried and so anxious and had almost forgotten the words that Jesus had spoken to him. And Jesus said, hey, we're going to the other side. They almost forgot that, got so anxious that they begin to say things like, I'm gonna die. We're not gonna make it out of this. There's no way out. And they actually begin to go look for Jesus. And Jesus, in the meantime, in a storm where expert fishermen are scared to death, Jesus is doing what? He's sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> like he's just taking a nap because he wasn't worried. He knew he was gonna get to the other side, but Jesus saw his disciples worry. He saw their anxiety and he saw their fear. And the first thing that Jesus said wasn't don't fear or you, you're all a bunch of losers, you don't listen to me. I said, we're getting to the other side. No, 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 no. The very first words Jesus says what, is what he said was peace. Say peace. peace. He said, peace, be still. He didn't say be still, peace, because he wanted his disciples to experience peace in the middle of a storm. Because in our life, it is true that you can experience peace in life's toughest and hardest situations and circumstances. But we also serve a God who's powerful enough to speak to the invisible as if it has ears and tell it to stop. That's what Jesus does for us too. Paul goes on to say in verse 10, which is titled really thanks for their gifts. He says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever circumstance I'm in. Say learn. He says, I've learned to be content. Whether he had a lot or a little, he learned to be content. You see, life isn't so much about accumulation as it is about appreciation. You see, in our world, in the United States especially, we can never have enough. We always want a bigger or better car. We want a better job. We want to make more money. We want um, a boat or, you know, a better boat. Uh, I just want a boat. Um, we want a better job, not me. I have the best job in the world. Um, our single people want a spouse. Where are you at, single people? Okay, wow, last crowd went crazy when I said that. 
So that means there must be a lot of like, couples here today, but a lot of our couples like wish they were single because your spouse drives you crazy. Uh, and you're like, man, I just wish sometimes I could, 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 could not enjoy that. Listen, my wife's amazing. I don't ever wish that ever, 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 ever. And listen, it's not about what you have or what you don't have. It's about how to be happy. And studies have shown us that happy people are not those who have the most of everything, but happy people are actually those who make the most of everything. Because I've seen people with far less than I do that are much happier than I am. You've seen that, those kids in our video with Eswatini, those smiles were bigger than any smiles I've seen here today. But they're so, they have the joy of the Lord and the happiness of God because they're grateful for what they've got, even though they live in a house that's no bigger from here to that microphone there, because they find something to be grateful for in their life. You see, truth is, is God wants, man, He wants you to be appreciative of what you have. And life isn't so much about accumulation or, you know, achievements. Life is about appreciating where you're at in the season that you're in right now. Because listen, if you don't, Man, if you grow in gifts, but you're not grateful for it, what have you gained? Like the grass is not always greener on the other side. You see, gratitude begins where entitlement ends because feeling the opposite of, uh, uh, feeling the opposite of gratitude is actually entitlement because gratitude opens the heart. Entitlement shuts the heart up. And so many times we walk around in life I'm talking to myself today. We walk around in life entitled, thinking I deserve this, I deserve that, I need to get this, I need to get that. And truth is, is that entitlement mentality can blind us so much so to the blessings that God is giving us, the miracles that God is doing in our lives and in our surroundings. It blinds us so much so that we can't see our life as a blessing and sometimes we see it as a curse. This is why Paul says in Philippians 8, he says, focus on the true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable things of life. Fix your eyes on things above. So recognize the goodness of God in the season you're in right now. Because sometimes we're thinking the next season is gonna be better. The next season's gonna produce happiness. But listen, like I said, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. The, the next season isn't always gonna be the thing that makes you happier because listen, happiness isn't produced by possessions or a season. Happiness is produced in your mind. It's produced right here in your mind. Like I said, I've met far le people with far less than I've got that are much happier than I am. Paul goes on to say in verse 12, he says, I know how to live in almost nothing or with everything. He says, I've learned the secret. Say the secret. He's learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with the full stomach or an empty stomach, whether it's with plenty or whether it's with little. And then he says one of the most famous scriptures in all of history. He says, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You see, Christ is the supply of our strength. God is the supply of our strength. You know, where I'm weak, He is strong. And that strength can be produced and given to me in life's toughest seasons and life's toughest moments because it comes from the Lord. Paul said in that passage I read earlier, he says, learn to be content in all circumstances. A doctor by the name of Tanya Peterson, um, she uh, has a master's of science in um, psychology and counseling. She, she said this, she said, it's possible for, the hum for, for us to control and choose our response to what's happening in life. 
She said, though we don't choose anxiety or worry, we can actually control it and manage it. And though we can't control what happens to us, we can, however, control our response to what happens to us. It reminds me of what Paul said, learn to be content in all seasons and circumstances in your life. So for us, don't focus on the bad. Try your best to focus on the good. Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. Because life isn't about accumulation as, is, as it is, a, is about appreciating what you do have. Choose gratitude, practice gratitude, be grateful because no part of our well-being, no part of our life is untouched by gratitude, whether that's physical, mental, or social. So today you've seen the benefits of gratitude when it comes to gratitude in the mind, gratitude in the body, but also how gratitude is uh, in the Bible. And I want you to know today that gratitude is a gift from God. That emotion of gratitude that has all of those benefits to it, it's a gift from God. And it reminds me of his scripture that says, every single good and perfect gift is from above. This gift of gratitude is from God and God alone. So my last thing I want us to talk about is how to cultivate a life of gratitude. So how do we cultivate that life? Well, what Paul says, he says, we look up. We focus our mind and our heart on things above. For me, I believe God is the most taken for granted person on the planet. He is the source of all things. He's given us all things in our life, but we take Him for granted all the time. For us as believers, God's given us so much. He's given us salvation. He's given us the opportunity to know Him. He set us free. He died on the cross, rose from the grave to offer anyone who wants it brand new life. It's amazing things that we should be grateful for, but we take God for granted all of the time. And maybe you're here today and you haven't given your heart and your life to Jesus. Today, there's an open opportunity for you to go to the VIP room, meet with someone who can walk you through so you can step into life and life more abundant. God also gives us so many promises. Uh, his word is riddled and full of promises. Uh, he promises to always be with us. Say always. always. Always be with us. That's amazing. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. That's, that's crazy. He doesn't promise to fix the situation. He doesn't always promise to work out the, the thing that's going on in our life, but he does promise to always be with us. Check, check this out, guys, check this out. If you can't praise God, for the circumstance you're in, praise God that you're not in the situation alone. Praise God that He's with you in all seasons of your life because living a life of gratitude doesn't only happen when life is going great. I mean, it's easy to be grateful when things are going great in life, but what happens when difficulties happen? What happens when the miracles um, aren't abundant or we can't see what God's doing? What happens when you've been busted up, financially broke, abandoned and broke? What happens if you're in that tough season? And maybe you are in a tough season today. I'm talking about gratitude. And you're like, I don't even know how to get there. Listen, choose to thank God, even though. Listen to that. Even though, even though I'm going through a tough time, even though life isn't what I expected, choose to be thankful then. And choose to thank God that even though maybe He's not fixing your situation, maybe God doesn't want to fix your situation. Maybe God wants to fix you in the middle of your situation. Maybe there's something God wants to produce in you in this season that He can't produce in a season when you have a lot. Thank God in the middle of all circumstances. Another promise is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I read it at the very beginning of this message. It says, Paul says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life. 
You see, to live a life of gratitude is really to position yourself in the middle of God's will. And when Paul wrote this passage, life wasn't going great for Paul. Paul wasn't traveling all across, winning millions of souls for Jesus. No, when Paul wrote this passage of scripture, he was actually in jail and had been beaten half to death, basically. But he still wrote, be thankful to God in all circumstances for this is his will for your life. You see, Paul wrote this and Paul wrote Philippians well before science and psychology and anything was ever a thing because God knew long before medical history or medical science could back anything up. God knew what gratitude and thankfulness could do in our hearts and in our minds. And there's so many things we can do to cultivate that life of gratitude. You can have a gratitude journal. You can focus on the blessings of life. Matter of fact, I'm gonna give you three things you can do. One, focus on 10 blessings in your life over that you're going through right now today. And focus on those 10 things over and over and over again. Write them down when you wake up in the morning. Uh, read them again halfway throughout the day and focus on them again before you go to sleep because it'll actually help you sleep better. Another thing that you can do is slow down. And this is one thing that none of us like to do. Slow down, stop and enjoy life. We're always going from one thing to the next that we never get to slow down long enough to see all of the blessings that are happening all around us. Multiple times this week, I've intentionally just went out and sat on my porch with my dog so I could just look at my little front yard and enjoy the fact that I have a home, a house, and I have a front yard in a beautiful town called Troy. All my Troy people. Okay, let's go. Stop, slow down, and enjoy the world around you, but also train your mind. Say train. Train your mind on the promises of God's word and his truth over and over again. Write this down if you're taking notes. Speak it, text it, say it, write it, believe it, repeat it. Speak it, text it, say it, write it, believe it, repeat it. Remember, as I'm closing today, gratitude, it's a powerful weapon. Gratitude is a powerful weapon that can fight against anxiety, fear, and depression. It's a powerful weapon that can bring you joy and ultimately happiness into your life. I've noticed recently in my life is I'm thankful for even the smallest things in life that I'm less likely to get annoyed and frustrated, right? Anybody ever get annoyed and frustrated? Find little things to be grateful for in your life because gratitude turns what you have into enough. And remember, speak it, text it, say it, write it, believe it, repeat it. Repeat after me. Say, speak it, it. text it, it. say it, it. write it, it. believe it, it. repeat it. Let's repeat it. Speak it, it. text it, it. say it, it. write it, it. believe it, repeat it. it. Be grateful, people. Let this song bless you. Thank you, COC. Practice gratitude. If you would, let's stand together. Keep that applause going. Let's give God gratitude. And let's celebrate together. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. Oh, 
Explain it, but that- 